Welcome back, everybody. It's your time to add up on the Ed Up Experience podcast, where we make education your business. In fact, I've said that probably 850 times or more in the last four years. Uh, sometimes in my sleep while I dream, I say it and I mess it up and I wake up sweating. Just like I, you didn't graduate from high school. You know that dream. You've all had that dream. Don't shut that door loud. There's a door, giant door next to us that shuts very loudly but we're gonna make it through because that's what we do here at the edip experience oh did you hear the door she 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 shut it really hard that's okay um we're gonna get through this and we're gonna talk all about data today um uh earlier today in the keynote our guest and greg clayton who was on earlier delivered um the insights from the online college student report that education dynamics has put out for 13 years 13 years of online student data. Boy, oh boy, there's so much data. If you're a data person, you could be swimming in the data in that report. One person that loves swimming in data, you like to transition. Ladies and gentlemen, she's my guest, Katie Tomlinson, the Senior Director of Analytics and Business Intelligence at Education Dynamics, aka Smartest Person in the Room. Katie, how are you? I'm great. Thank you. And the first time, first time on a podcast? Absolutely. Are you nervous? Or? I, I'm always nervous. I can make coffee nervous. <laughs> you did great up on Thank the you. stage today, giving us insights all about the online college student. Uh, lay it out for us. How, first of all, how hard is it to put this report together? That's why I want to know because, and then the reason I ask is because it's beautiful and it's really easy to follow and it's got a lot of insights. I don't think anybody really knows what goes into producing something like that. So tell the story of how something like this comes together. Yeah. Um, so the most difficult part, I think, each year is selecting what questions are going to make the instrument. Um, so we take nominations, both from internal parties and our clients. And we also try to think about what questions we're trying to answer for the upcoming year. So you crowdsource the questions? We crowdsource really? some of the I questions. Did not know that. Um, we actually, when we uh, did the presentation earlier, we had some great questions that we took note of. And we'll make sure we incorporate for the next year. I would say the bulk of the report actually comes down to um, once we have the instrument, we fielded the survey is deriving the insights and seeing what has changed longitudinally over time and also what's interesting to us. So in the last couple of years, we've done some, um, I, I, I would say we made some strides in terms of taking the data from this you know, report that is a, you know, word document that's just this big study and dump of tables and things like that. And we've started to transform that data into more actionable and dissectable data through Tableau. So usually using a visualization software, you know, giving people the ability to maybe slice and dice and, and maybe it has some statistical significance, maybe not, but be able to really, you know, break it down from a regional perspective or a grad versus undergrad and derive those insights and make some inferences based on what matters to institutions themselves. So one of the opportunities that, you know, we will create for our clients or prospective clients is, you know, the ability to have some one-on-one -on -one sessions. We can walk them through these Tableau dashboards, you know, give them more insights that aren't even within that report that really makes it actionable and insightful for them to move forward. Learning is always faster with the right tools. You provide the, a beautiful tool. Um, by the way, if anybody, if if you can use digestible and dissectable in the same sentence, you know you're in data analytics. Right. So, um, what kind of data are we looking at? Like, what 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 is this? Some massive spreadsheet? Are you getting 
you know, you're, you're collating all these questions and answers and sticking them in this and then pulling into pivot tables. If you use Excel and sticking them in Tableau and putting geos on them. And I mean, what, how long does this take all year? Uh, no, we actually start the process in about October. We fielded the survey, um, this fall concluded probably within December and then have spent the last two months digging into, yes. And I love it. <laughs> Um, I love being able to find those hidden insights and, you know, you always have a hypothesis about the data and either being able to prove or disprove that is super geeky, but um, one of the most interesting things that we can do. No, nothing better than looking at a report like that with right. a bottle of wine. Cheers! Uh, so I'm guessing, I'm guessing there might have been a couple of those uh, along the way. For sure. Um, how do you decide how to show the data? Because charts, graphs, I mean, we all like the visualization, but sometimes we like to see the hard numbers. You have to find the balance for the audience to find the value in the report, right? If it's got too many pretty pictures, what's the meaning of those? What's behind those? How did you get to those? How do you balance that with something like this? Yeah, um, that's definitely about just providing that um, what I want to know, the what I want to know, the insight behind the data. And so whatever could be the most impactful, highlighting those elements within the data, whether that's a pie chart, whether that is a table, whether that's some sort of bar chart, you know, picking those things out and saying, how can I get those visuals to allow people to interpret that insight or data as quickly as possible without having to look at it and say, what is this really trying to tell me is what my team really tries to do in terms of that business intelligence side of things and, and taking that insight and really making it actionable to our, our, our um, users. Epic. Now the words out, people will take pictures of those slides. They're right. right. The words out. So you can now share information. Yes. What are the biggest takeaways in your opinion from this report that you would tell our audience, many, 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 many of whom are in around serving online students, what, what, what just sticks out for you and went, whoa. Yeah. Um, I, I think for me, the big one this year was we have been talking a lot in the last year or two about the some college, no credential population, seeing that come to fruition in our own data was extremely impactful to me. Um, it means that there is a shift in the market in terms of, you know, maybe some of that enrollment or potential enrollment. And maybe we're all making a difference in terms of, you know, how we're targeting those students, how we're speaking to those prospective students, how we can get them back into enroll. The other thing I think was a big takeaway is in just that consideration set and how much we're refining and, and you know, um, that research process is really being consolidated down. People are paring down the, the number of choices they're thinking about. So thinking about all of the marketing efforts and the ways that our teams can really impact, you know, that consideration. Um, all the way through enrollment um, is extremely important. And, and I think we've all got to think about how we pivot on that information now that we've seen it and what action really needs to be taken. That's a fact. That's a fact. You're now the third person that's brought up the consideration set. Right. As, um, Gre Greg revealed this morning before he went and talked about the report and just Brent Fitch, the president of Rocky Mountain College of Art and Design was talking about it. Right. It's big insight, right? Yes. So, th so three colleges. So I'm going to be an online student. I'm going to look at three schools. Now, maybe I considered more and I just eliminated them based on information on their website. And when I actually get down to the ones I'm going to pick, there's three. So you better be really good about getting in front of me, first of all. Absolutely. So the marketing has got to be clean and crisp yes. and get me there. 
And if I get there and there's three to choose from, what's my differentiator? How am I going to sell this student on my institution? Is it my staff? Is that, is it going back? Is it almost shifting back to the personal? Part of it is, I do think, um, you know, you, how your admissions team interacts with them. It's also about the right message at the right time with the right person and thinking about where they are in that funnel um, and making sure that if there are differentiators in terms of your cost or how unique your program is or whatever offerings you do have, that you are kind of going through and systematically messaging them, you know, talking to them about those things and helping them overcome, you know, the decision of any other school. One of the things that I liked out of the report the most um, and something that I deal with all the time in my role is speed. And yes. Speed is really important. Speed yeah. to lead, speed, oh, speed, speed, speed. But there was a stat in there. Let me try to recall. You'll probably know better than me. Um, 80% of online students um, uh, chose this. Uh, I can't remember what it Enroll was. Enroll at the school that admits them first. Enroll at the school that admits them first. Yes. And they expect to start within one month. That's correct. And, and you go, okay, my first thought, and I'm going to give you a contributing question for next year. Sure. What kind of academic calendar must be considered in these? Does the student go, I want a competency-based education program. I want a non-standard term program or an accelerated program. I want the good old fall, spring, summer program. Are they? I wonder if they're thinking to that level. I think it comes down to those rolling starts now. Mm. Um, and really that opportunity is, you know, the more because they're taking, you know, all of this time, I think, to do the research up front, but they're making those decisions so quickly, you've got to be able to facilitate then that need for their education as soon as they're ready to make that decision. That is correct. I have been arguing for a long time. If you, even schools, like there's a lot of schools that will go eight week calendar, you know, eight mm -hmm. weeks, eight weeks. If you have to wait two, if you have an adult student who's ready and they have to wait six weeks to start. Right. It's like the, the, there are schools that are really good with marketing out there. And I'm going to give those schools who probably spend more than me, and if I get a student, six weeks to get in front of my, my potential student. I don't have a high confidence level that my student's going to get through all that messaging and start with me. Absolutely. They're, they're going to be picked off. Yeah. And so getting them started right away is really a key component to, to first of all, getting them to start, but obviously keeping them because they're just going to go somewhere else. And I wonder if that's something that could be studied. How long will, uh, will they be willing to wait? Yeah, right? Because waiting question. is a, a really, yes. we don't wait, do no, we? We live in an Amazon culture, right? right? You get things two days or less to your door. You, I, last you night you skipped your intro <laughs> on, on your Netflix show. Right. right? You're going to have to watch the intro anymore. I always talk about that. You don't go to a bank. You yeah. do your banking online. Yeah. So I wonder what our waiting tolerance is. What that's do you think? That's a great question. Yeah. See, I ask good questions, uh -huh. Elvin. <laughs> Um, how do you, is this report, how important is this to education dynamics as, as an organization now? This is like the crowning achievement, this report. It is. Um, I would say this is our banner report. We put out three other major studies throughout the year that kind of serve different. And you serve all those too? You do all those? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So yeah, our next one is probably the most boring one on, on, on deck, um, but the most insightful which is our e-learning index, where we really pair um, the student demand side with the labor market demand side to see which you know programs have the most opportunity in the market um, in the future. 
And then beyond that, we do a fall piece where we take a look at the higher education landscape as a whole. So a lot of that surrounds labor market statistics, you know, where unemployment rates are sitting, um, what's the quit rate looking like, mm. all of the things that could impact enrollment. And we kind of postulate on, you know, what's going to happen with enrollment um, in the upcoming session. And then beyond that, we do our marketing benchmarks, which was, we just completed, um, which again is where some of the information we we covered today um, came out of in terms of you know the number of streaming services people are using and kind of how we're using media and marketing in general. Um, but all of them tie together into how can you build a cohesive strategy in order to um, increase or at least sustain your enrollment. What, what kind of team do you work with? Like, who's, is it you? I mean, no, I, I, I have um, a lot of super nerds. Uh-huh. Um, so I would say we all refer to ourselves as the wizard behind the cloak, right? We Amazing. Wanna, yeah, we want to have those insights. We want to yeah. dig into the data, but we don't really like to talk to people all that much either. So you seem to be doing just <laughs> <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> how, how big of a staff do you have that's working through a report that's this large? Um, so on our research side, we have um, two people um, devoted to our market research, which we do uh, conduct primary and secondary market research. And then on my analytics side, I have a team of eight now um, wow. that are, you know, very from data scientists all the way through, um, you know, digital marketing analysts. What's your favorite report? of the ones that you put together and why? I probably get most jazzed, I would say, about the um, higher education landscape. So the fall piece we do about labor market statistics, it's so interesting to me, particularly coming off of the COVID environment and all of the weird things that happened with the labor market and enrollment in general. Um, It's really interesting to me to piece together a story and think about what's going to happen with enrollment in the upcoming year. You talk about this conference, I know all year, and we were uh, such an honor for us to be here. Um, I obviously work with Education Dynamics closely in my alter ego role. It's like Superman and Clark Kent. I don't know which one's Superman. Um, but but I do know that um, the insights that, uh, and I don't use that word on, on accident, the insights that education dynamics provide help me make decisions key to growing my university. It, yeah. It's not like this report comes out and it goes on a corner of my desk and doesn't get used. Right. I actually will go through it and I'll That's say, right. okay, I'm going to, I'm going to add this program or I'm going to look at this, or I'm going to put this into marketing. What, what is the market saying? What is, what is education dynamics saying right. about these decisions that I can make? There's somebody that works at Linwood right now, Nate Watson, the uh, v- AVP of uh, online uh, enrollment. I should know his title a little bit better. He works for me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, my point being is that this is real actionable insight that you can use to make decisions. Yes. What's your hope for those that attend this conference and see this report like what's a successful conference for you and then what do you what makes a successful report that you put all this energy into um to me it would actually be the outreach if people are more interested in getting more insights out of the data if they want have more questions if they have a hypothesis and they're reaching out and they're saying hey katie, katie what you, about got, this? you got something else um that is you know i i probably get the most energy in my job when I see that people are actually taking action on the data, they're interested in it, and they're asking for more. Mm. Right. So they see the report and say, how important is the brand to the choice? Yes. Or things yes. like that, right? Yeah. So that's what gets you excited is going, ooh, well, that'd sure. be interesting to Right. Why do you love data so much? I mean, <laughs> she loves data. Look how excited she is. I do. I don't know. I, I've always loved data. Um, are you a mathematician? Uh, 
no, I actually got my degree in business information systems and psychology. So probably before the age of analytics, I was yeah. really interested in kind of the, the programming side of things, like how data worked and then like understanding people. So this ultimately like finding and, and evolving myself into this role has been huge in terms of just my satisfaction of, you know, honoring both my degree and my education, but also continuing to build upon the things that I love to do. What about AI in your job? Yeah. Right. Like this. So you're dealing I mean, with with everything, numbers, data, uh, insights, analytics, I, AI must be helping you or speeding up or, you know, so yeah. you're using it and how are you using it? And what, are, what, what do you see for the future of AI and data analytics? I mean, we are continuing to test AI, right? Um, it's still fairly new and in some ways unreliable in some of the things we do. But I would say right now, um, most of the insights that we are leveraging AI for would be on our data science side of things. So thinking about like machine learning, how we can leverage data to think about what are the variables that matter? You know, what are the predictors of students? How do we develop segments and targets and those types of things um, is really kind of the direction we continue to go. I have also played with AI and, you know, had what it. What have you found? Right, right. <laughs> Lots of things that it can be misused for, too. Yikes! Yeah, so we're we're trying to be careful about the way that we're leveraging it at this point. Um, and, and I'm interested to see how it continues to evolve in the education space. Yeah, of course, that's one of the areas where they say it's most useful is in data and data analytics. Right? Because you could yes. pop something in and say, give me the insight. Yeah. But sometimes it's, it's not, not right. all the way there, yeah, right? Yeah, it's not always right. Now... I will say that um, another way that it's probably most helpful for my team is we used to, you know, you didn't know how to write a formula or a calculation or something like that. And you'd have to go out, maybe Google, look at message boards, those types of things to see how has someone else solved this problem. That's a great way for we can just type it in and say, hey, I'm trying to, you know, accomplish this. Help me write this formula. Boom, it's done. You how know? long have you been doing these reports? Um, so I have been with Education Dynamics for the last four and a half years, was part of the Throughline acquisition. Yeah. Overall, have been involved in the marketing analytics and market research for the last 21 years um, in higher ed. I, I just want to say thank you to you yeah. because these reports you. that you lead and you put out are, allow many of us to make decisions for our universities and do our jobs better. So deserve a lot of credit Appreciate and that. thanks from the industry. I'm glad you love data because yes. otherwise it'd be the worst job ever <laughs> having to, you have to love it. Yeah. Uh, but just know that you're, you're providing great service um, for us to make decisions to serve students better. That's right. what it's all about, right? right? What else do you want to say about your role, about education dynamics, about, about the report, anything? That's about it. That's it? <laughs> That's it. All right. And is it fair that I give you a list of questions to research next year? I love it. All I right. will take it. Ladies and gentlemen, she is the one and only. Katie Tomlinson, Senior Director of Analytics and Business Intelligence, basically the greatest title ever created. Uh, Katie, thanks for being on the podcast today. Thank you today. so Did you have much. Fun? Yes, I've had a blast. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, you've just had up. <laughs>